this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true and living God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Get to know more of God's word and wisdom for your life as you listen to Pastor Elliot Nee Lante Lante. Now, here's today's message. Five keys, but I'm not sure I'll be able to touch all the five, but the five keys for an effective, fruitful life. Five keys for an effective, fruitful life. Uh, we're looking at five keys to effective, fruitful life. And no matter where you, 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 um, you look at it, whether in any field of your life, these keys just do work so well. Um, and our lives are all just together in one way or the other. Yeah, so um, let's go to Daniel chapter 4. There's a, a text here, there's a verse here that ties in so well. And um, I just... I just Daniel chapter 4, the verse, the verse 26. I think I want the verse 27, but let's look at the verse 26. This is the time Nebuchadnezzar had a dream um, and all that, and he couldn't understand the dream, and Daniel had to come and interpret the dream to him. And um, Daniel was telling him he had to repent of his sins, if not he was as an, like an animal who would be driven from his palace for some time. Until he recorded men, you know, his heart was so proud, he began to just walk about and say, oh, he's been able to achieve all these things by himself. But, but um, Daniel made a statement that was very crucial, and I, I, just, I just want us to take it from there, and then we'll run a bit uh, with it. So the verse 26, um, I don't know what somebody would like to read, but if somebody would like to read, we could go there. Daniel chapter 4, verse 26. Daniel 4. Yeah, Phil, would you like to read for us? Wow, Chawanzi is online. Go, Chawanzi. Wow. Okay, Sister Phil, let's go. Read for us. Let's go. But then, Your Majesty, follow my advice. Stop sinning. Do what is right. And be merciful to the poor. Then you will continue to be prosperous. Then you will continue to be. Then you continue to be prosperous. My Bible says, my Bible says in the verse 27, it says, therefore, O king, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Renounce your sins by doing what is right. It's like, um, you know, we have this idea of like um, being like repentant, repenting, and we have the idea of like, um, I repent, I repent. God forgive my sins, I repent, and that's all. Um, but, but Daniel is putting it together. Like the Bible puts it together. And it's like, repent, renounce your sins by. So renounce your sins by doing what is right. Hallelujah. In, in the Hebrew text, um, in the Hebrew, repentance is a very strong word. Um, in the Greek, for instance, in the New Testament, in the Greek, Repentance is more like a change of mind. But in the Hebrew, repentance is like a turning around. The Hebrew language is very, very practical. And, and so you can see um, it ties in. I changed my mind, but I need to turn around. I need to turn, make a, a 180-degree turn around. Amen. So he says in here, Oh, can be pleased to accept my advice. 
Renounce your sins by doing what is right. Hallelujah. Renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind. <laughs> so you say, oh, it's not that I've stopped, you know, I won't be wicked again, whatever. He says, no, stop being wicked by doing what is right. Like move to the right thing, move to the right place, do what is right. And, and so if you say you have repented, if you say you have believed in Jesus and all that, there, there needs to be that. Then he ties it in. It may be then, it may be that then your prosperity will continue. It may be then that your prosperity will continue. So you can see repentance, doing what is right, and prosperity just plays together just like that. But again, he uses a word there that is very critical. He says, maybe, I wouldn't want to dwell on that maybe now, but I'll come to it because it is not the way we define prosperity is not so. What is really, really important is the fact that we turn around, we renounce our sins, and we do what is right, um, and that is tied together with our salvation. Hallelujah. So today, if you say you've given your life to Christ and all that, it is just automatic that you produce the fruits of righteousness. You produce the fruits of salvation. You cannot say you have given your life to Christ and there's nothing that is coming out of your life. Amen. Because the faith that we have produces fruits. It produces fruit, evident fruit. Hallelujah. And so um, I want us to talk about the five things. Probably I don't think I'll be able to deal with all the five things, but the five keys to being productive. I think we've spoken about walking in the will of God, being productive, being fruitful. Um, Jesus says in John, 12, John um, 15 that I'm sending it out be fruitful, bear fruit, and all that. He who does not bear fruit, I'm going to cut, um, we are going to throw the person out. If the person bears fruit, we are going to prune that person so that the person is even more fruitful. And we talked about it, we talked about that. But I feel like we should just dwell a bit, maybe um, put it in a more structured form and talk about the five things that would easily allow us to bear fruit. Amen. And you can see in here, repentance is tied in with bearing fruits, bearing fruits of righteousness, bearing fruits of love. Our repentance is just tied in with um, prosperity, with, with prospering. Hallelujah. And that there's a maybe. It's not a must in the gospel. It's a maybe. And that brings in the will of God and all that for us. Now, before we move to the five keys, let's go to First John. First John chapter 3. Wow, I love it. I love it. Thank you, Lord Holy Spirit. I love it. Yes, Lord. Okay, so First John um, chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Wow, Elijah is with us. God bless you. Brianna, God bless you. Good to see you. Um, yeah. 1 John chapter 3. And um, I, I would like to start from a bit. Verse 14. 1 John 3, verse 14. Are you there? It says, We know that we have passed from death to life. How many believe we've passed from death to life? How many, how many believe you've passed from death to life? Let me see your hand if you've passed from death to life. Yes, 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 yes. And I, I, thought, I think those of you who were in the school, you dealt with this so much, passing from death to life, crossing from death to life, and all that. They who have believed in the Son of God, yeah, they've passed from death to life. Now, so it says, We know 
that we have passed from death to life because we love the brothers. Hallelujah. We know we've passed from death to life because we do love the brothers. Okay. It is not loving the brothers that makes you pass from death to life. Do you get what he's saying? Huh? It is not loving the brothers that makes you pass from death to life. But because you love the brothers, we know that we have passed from death to life. It means that loving the brothers is the fruit of passing from death to life. Now, once you are saved, there is a desire in you, there is a quest in your heart to love the brothers. Hallelujah. And so he says, we know we have passed from death to life because we love the brothers. Like, we love the brothers just is a sign. It's a sign that we love, that we have passed from death to life. Anyone who does not love remains in death. <laughs> Amen. Anyone who does not love remains in death. It's just like what Daniel is saying. Repentance, do what is right. Wickedness, out of wickedness, um, be kind to the oppressed. And prosperity will flow. Amen. Prosperity will just flow there. And again, it ties in with what we've been talking about for some time now, that your outward prosperity depends on your inner well-being of your soul. Huh? The inner well-being of your soul. The verse, seven, the verse 15 now says, 1 John chapter 3, verse 15, it says, Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. So just putting it together, if you love the brothers, if you have eternal life in you, automatically you will love the brothers. Are you following this? Are you following this? So we say Christianity, this is what distinguishes Christianity from many other, from all world religions. All world religions are trying to do something in order to have life. No, we have life and from that life, we do something. We have life in Christ Jesus. We have eternal life. And this eternal life comes with everything. And it makes us love the brothers. It makes us give. When you are giving, it's not so that you will go to heaven. It's not so that your name will be... In fact, we saw last week that the name is already written. <laughs> Many more years before we were born. Hallelujah. So it is not doing these things. Please get it. It's not doing these things that takes you to heaven or that gives you eternal life. It's because you have eternal life, you do these things. You love the brothers. You are kind. Amen? Because you have eternal life, you turn away from wickedness, you turn away from sin and all that. Hallelujah. Amen? So the eternal life does make us love the brothers. Now the verse 16 says, this is how we know what love is. Please follow me. This is how we know what love is is Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Hallelujah. So the love he's talking about here is the kind of Jesus' love. Not our type of love. Not the selfish one. Not the one that, you know, we, we love you because we get something from you. Even very good love, like parents. Parents love their children. But I can tell you, very, very often, it is to get something. Somehow, somehow, the disease just creeps in. Hallelujah. And we love, we do all that we do for something. But Jesus' love is a selfless, self-giving love. And that is what he's talking about. We love um, just as Jesus. He says, we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Because Jesus laid down his life for us. Verse 17. 
If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Hallelujah. Amen. Are you following? So, there's eternal life in me. Eternal life produces love for my brother. But the love for my brother leads me to a real action. It leads me to producing something. It's, it makes me have to give. If I have material possession or somebody's in need or whatever, I am forced, I'm compelled by this love to give. And all of that is coming from the inside out. It's from the inside out. That's what Christianity is. It's not from the outside in. It's from the inside out. Because I have eternal life, and because I have eternal life, I have love for the brothers. Because I have love for the brothers, I give. I give up. Hallelujah. So, I remember uh, on Sunday, I was talking about how uh, we need to love, and we need to like share and give to people, and all that. And I know that I didn't deal with this issue here, because somebody can say, oh, um, when I do these things, then I'll go to heaven. Because Jesus says that he will separate the sheep from the goats. It's true. But we do it because we already have eternal life. It is the sign that we have eternal life. Please don't understand what I'm saying. Very, very crucial. I realize you can be a Christian for long and still not get this. We have eternal life because we have eternal life. Because we have the life of God. We have the God kind of life. We love like him. Just as Jesus loved. Because he laid down his life for us. We should also lay down our lives for the brothers. Hallelujah. So we have eternal life. We, we, we love and we do outwardly. Give possessions, help people, and do all that. Do the orphanages, do the, the ministry, do whatever and all that. Huh? Verse 17. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? How can the love of God be in him? Hallelujah. Amen. Now, the verse 18. It says, Dear children, let us not love with words. It comes back again. Let us not love with words uh, or tongue, but with action and truth. Hallelujah. I always say the three of the, the three. Uh, the three of it is all important. We need to love with words. We need to love with action. We need to love in truth. We need to love with words, action, and truth. And this is what true ministry is. Anywhere that you have ministry that is really, really a ministry from God, it, is, it has these three characteristics. It has words, it has action, and it is true. It is sincere. I keep asking the ladies, you know, uh, if a guy came to you and keeps telling you, Oh, he has all the words. You know, you are like a sugar baby. Um, you smell like a perfume, I know. You know, um, I guess, you know, he has all the nice words. But when it comes to like real helping or like action, he doesn't show for it. Uh, how many ladies would, I know some of you would accept such a guy, but uh, how many ladies would go in, have your life with such a such a person. I'm not sure you would. Hallelujah. Now, between action and words and sincerity, which one do you prefer? Between action, words. Now, forget 
forget of the stage you are in now. I know at this stage you really want to hear a nice word. I really know you want somebody to call you and tell you something really, really powerful. But you know what? Just think of real life. <laughs> think of being in life. <laughs> and, and ask yourself, between words and sincerity and action, which one will you go for? Hey, Chawanzi, tell me, which one would you go for? Huh? Yeah, unmute your mic. Yeah. I'll go for action. You go for what? Action. You go for action. Wow. Wow, we are going, wow. Uh, uh, Chisanga, where is Chisanga? Chisanga, tell me what you will go for. Uh, then I'll come to the guys also and let's see. Let's see what the guys will be saying. I can't see Chisanga. Benis. Um, yeah, I'll Chisanga. go for sincerity, personally. You go, you go for the sincerity. Wow. Yes, it's sorry, getting hot sorry. here now. It's getting hot here. Field, what will you go for? Field, what will you go for? <laughs> Field, don't tell me you're confused. <laughs> yes, too. Field, unmute your mic. I'm not confused. I'll go for sincerity. You also go for sincerity. Hey! Wow. You don't want, you don't want, how many want words? How many want nice words? How many want all the three? You want all the three? <laughs> you see the guy, he's looking very, very nice. You know, he has all the nice words, but you know, he has other girls with him, I'm telling you. <laughs> That is the issue of sincerity. Uh, but you see this guy who prays, I mean, when he comes here, he doesn't have anything to say. Ah, what kind of guy is this? <laughs> she said, this guy is boring. God, please help me. <laughs> How many want a guy like that? Very, very sincere. When he comes, he says, please, I don't have anything to say today. I, I, very sincere. <laughs> Where's Chisanga? Let me see whether she like such a guy. <laughs> How many like a guy like that? Very, very sincere. I don't have anything to say. You know, today, I'm sorry. There's no, there's nothing to tell you. <laughs> I think we want all the three. Is that so? Huh? Unfortunately, we don't find all the three. Um, but you must know which one is most important. So he says we should what? Love. Our love must be sincere. Uh, it has to be what? Words and with action. Hallelujah. And all of this is coming from where? Eternal life. Because you have eternal life, you have words, you have love, and this love is making you speak, it's making you take actions. And these words, this speaking, and these actions are very, very sincere. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh. Yeah, I think we need to be working on our sincerity. It's very, very important because sometimes it's hard to tell when somebody is smiling whether it's a real smile <laughs> or it is a different or for something. Very soon, as soon as they finish smiling, you get to see why they were smiling to you. Amen. And it, began, it comes insincere. Our love must be sincere. There's something that shocked me um, in Timothy. Let me just read to you. And I know still I've not begun to talk about why we are here tonight. But I'll begin soon. Um, in Philippians, uh, Philippians chapter 2. Did I say Timothy? Sorry. 
Philippians chapter 2. It's about Timothy, I think so. It's about Timothy. So I thought, wow, something shocked me about this guy here. Timothy chapter 9. No. Philippians chapter 2 verse 19. <laughs> it's about Timothy. So I, 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 yeah. Philippians chapter 2 verse 19. Please, please get the mechanism. Don't say that pastor says that um, when we care for the poor and we do this, we go to heaven. I did not say that. No. We are not going to go to heaven. Jesus is not coming to pick us because we cared for the poor, because we had orphanages and all that. It is not true. I did not say that. I realize I need to say it today before. Amen. I didn't say that. I said because we have eternal life, it is an automatic fruit from us. Hallelujah. And if we don't have that fruit, it somehow means it could tell that we don't have really the real eternal life. But here, um, Paul, Paul, Paul speaks of Timothy and he says this about him. The verse 19, Philippians chapter 2 verse 19. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. The verse 20 says, I have no one else like him. Amazing. Amazing. I have no one else like Timothy. I pray that God will say, ah, when I look at Zambia, I have no one else like failed. When I look at Morocco, ah, I have no one else like Humphrey. When I look at, I look at Setat, ah, I have no one else ah, than Chawanzi. Can you imagine God saying that? When I look at, um, I look at Tanji, I have no one else like Benis. And God is really looking for that. I have no one else like Angie in Setat. I have no one else like Angie in, 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 in Casablanca. He says he has no one else. Somebody who would make him <laughs> happy, who cheers him up. Why? Verse 20, I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in, the well, in your welfare. Genuine. <laughs> the word there is very, very important. Genuine interest. Somebody who has a real, genuine interest. Not for something. No. This world, love is always by one selfish interest. But a genuine interest. Somebody who likes, loves you, who loves the Lord, not for what they can get, no. Genuine. Genuine. And that is the kind of love Jesus is asking for. Because he had a genuine interest about us. Hallelujah. A genuine interest. Wow. I don't have anyone like him with a genuine interest in your welfare. We need to begin to have genuine interest in the welfare of people. That. This is the kind of love we are talking about. In the welfare of, that, of others, in the welfare of those who are in the house, a genuine interest. Huh? For everyone, verse 21, verse 21, for everyone looks out for his own interest. <laughs> everyone looks out for his own interest. So, as if we are coming to help you, as if we are coming to build a school, as if we are coming to, we are going to the, you know, um, to the prisons. As if we are really doing something. 
as if, uh, but it is for us. It is us. It's for our own interest. And that kind of love is not the type that we are talking about here. Somebody who has genuine, genuine interest. For everyone looks out for their own interest, not those of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Somebody who has interest, the interest, a genuine interest of Jesus Christ at heart. You open the orphanage, yes, but what was it for? You open the school, but what was it for? Huh? You went to visit somebody, but what was it for? A genuine interest, the interest of Christ, and a real interest for the people. You see that Paul ties the two together. He says, Timothy has interest for you, and he has a genuine interest also for Christ. A genuine interest for the people you are sent to, and a genuine interest for Christ. Not for what you will gain. I mean, talk about politics. Talk about marriage. Talk about whatever. This is the key. Genuine interest. And it's becoming a very difficult thing to find amongst us Christians. Hallelujah. A genuine interest. This is the kind of love we are talking about. The love that is self-giving. It's self-giving. And says the same way Jesus did it, the same way we have to do it. Jesus says, I have loved you, love others. The same love you received from me, pass it on. Hallelujah. And it's that type of love we have inside of us. It's called the agape love. That's the type we have. We have our own love. We have our own lust. We have our own whatever. But Jesus is expecting us to express his type of love towards others and towards him. So he says, Timothy, when I look around, may God find you in Agadi. May he find you in Setat. May he find you in Ghana. May he find you in Zambia. May he find you in the U.S. May he find you in Australia. May he find you in Nigeria. And say, you know what? Ah, I have just two or three. When I look at this region, I have just one person who has a genuine interest for the people and a genuine interest for me. This is what makes great ministry. This is what makes people who serve God really serve him. That's why I told you on Sunday, don't think about money. No, no, no. It's never money. It's, it's from the heart. Whatever great vision God has given you, it doesn't matter. No money. If nobody was thinking of money. Money is never, it's never, the, it's never the key. A genuine interest. A genuine interest. I remember uh, Mensa Otabe was talking about this. He went to a big, a big meeting and people were asking him questions. And somebody asked him, how, how, do you, how, do you, how do you make a great thing like the way he has made something great in our country? Somebody was asking, so where do you get the money? How do you? And he said, it's a foolish question. <laughs> it doesn't start from money. It starts genuine interest. You know, God has too much money to give. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I'm praying, I'm really praying that God will find us a genuine interest. But he says some things about Timothy that I wouldn't go there. Let me just leave it here. Amen. Now, we, our Christian life must produce, our Christian life must produce fruits. It was in the time of Daniel, Daniel 2 Nebuchadnezzar, it was in the time of John, it's in the time of Timothy and Paul, 
It's in the time of Peter also. Peter also spoke about the same thing. First Peter chapter 1. I love that one. First Peter 1. Genuine interest. Genuine interest. Hallelujah. I said genuine interest to oh, a genuine love. Not for yourself. Some of you are dreaming about marriage. Oh. Do you have interest for him? Do you have real, genuine, genuine interest? Huh? Let's, let's talk about it a little bit. Oh, you know, pastor, let's talk about relationship from time to time. Yes, I get your point. But let me ask you that question. Do you really have a genuine interest? What are you bringing on the table? Huh? Brother, what are you bringing on the table? Or you are thinking about who wash your clothes, who you will be able to, who you sleep with, who you, <laughs> or you girl, you are also thinking about who will be talking to you because you are very lonely. Oh, oh, I feel this way. I feel that way. And so, what? You want somebody to fill the gaps in your life. Oh God, I'm looking for somebody. Please, a genuine interest. Hallelujah. Amen. Even sex does not work because of lack of genuine interest in the name of Jesus. Amen. Even sex, no, sex in marriage. I didn't talk about that one. I'm talking about marriage. Since some of you are getting there, I'll begin to talk about it. It does not work because of lack of genuine interest. I'll just stop it there. Let me not start explaining Hallelujah. Yeah, and some of you who have gone around, you've got to have sex today. You say, I didn't enjoy it. I'm not even sure. Just wait. It is that that is the issue. Yes, you you don't don't attempt it again. When you get married, we'll talk about it. Don't attempt it again. How to have genuine interest. I guess what I'm talking about. Stop looking at me very holy. All of you begin to you are all so holy now. As if you don't even understand the English I'm saying. I'm okay. At them now, they are all very, very powerful. I mean, just drop down from heaven. Some are even putting up their mics, uh, their phones, whatever. Ah, faith is not true. What I'm saying, yeah, it doesn't work because lack of genuine interest. Many things do not work because there's no genuine interest. No genuine interest. I'm telling you, nothing will work because of this thing. Hallelujah. Peter puts it uh, in a lovely way. Hallelujah. Are you you there? 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 17. I'll just read a little bit. I'll just go, wow. 1 Peter 1 17. 1 Peter 1 17. And and Peter is just so smart. I don't know. These guys, wow. they They couldn't have written these things. It's just the Holy Spirit. The verse 17. It says, since you call on a father who judges each man's work, impartially. Live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life. Uh, I think we've been talking about this for some time. We know this. Yes, God redeemed us with the precious blood of Christ. It's not silver and gold that he redeemed us with. Uh, Handed down to us from our forefather, the verse 19, Forefathers, verse 19. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish and defect, he was chosen before 
the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last days for your sake. Through him, aha, uh -huh, through him, you believed in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. The verse 22, now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have what? Sincere love. Sincere love. Hallelujah. Please stop talking about a great mission somewhere. There's no great mission somewhere without a sincere, genuine love for the people and for Christ. For the people and for Christ. For the people and for Christ. It will not work. Nothing will work without a genuine, sincere love. A great love. If the Lord is calling you to any mission, this is the key. It has to flow from the internal parts of you. It has to flow from that eternal life. He says from the, the fact that we have been redeemed. And because we have been redeemed and we have believed in Christ, we have been purified by the truth so that we have sincere love. Every one of us has inside of him. Hallelujah. We have sincere love for your brothers. Love one another deeply from their hearts. I love this one. Because I have sincere love, I love one another deeply from my heart. I, it is sincere. It is sincere. It's a God kind of love. I now act it out. I now love out. Hallelujah. Because I have it on the inside of me, I act out. There's nobody that you say that you cannot love. I remember one day I was so angry. I was so, I, was, I wasn't happy. And, and the person I was talking to uh, um, said, Elliot, I love you. And I told the person, I love you too. And later I was like, oh, no, I don't love. I'm angry. <laughs> you know? And then I remembered, no, 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 it's true. Because in my spirit, I have sincere love. I may not feel like it, but it is true. And I really thank God I just said off my head, I love you too. Hallelujah. Sincere love for the brethren. Hallelujah. So because you have it, you leave it out. If you are fighting with people in your, in your house now, my sister, my brother, you have sincere love. The love of Christ. The kind of love that will be self-giving. It doesn't matter whether you lose, whether you win in the fight, whether they are cheating you, whether they are not cheating you, whatever it is. No. You yeah. are self-giving. Hallelujah. They took your five dram, they bought the gas, they didn't bring five dram, bless the Lord. And they are coming for another five dram again, bless the Lord. Give it to them. Hallelujah. Oh, they think I'm a fool. They think I'm a fool. Ah, I don't like to be taken as a fool. I hate it. But you're a fool for Christ. Fool for Christ. Love makes you, have you not seen it? You couldn't think well couldn't think well. Now that it has cleared off your face, you've become a bit more smart now. But, you know, love makes you a fool, and that's what it is for Christ. You're a fool. Hallelujah. So it says, because we have sincere love for our brothers, love one another deeply from your heart. For you, are, for you have been born again, not reperishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. Hallelujah. So I love 
sincerely because I have the love. I love sincerely because I have the love. And that is what we have to do. So please, understand the mechanism of bearing fruit. God wants us to bear fruit. Hallelujah. God wants us to bear fruit. He wants us to bear fruit. And we need to understand the mechanism that makes us so when God is asking you to bear fruit, please don't think of something that has to come somewhere difficult, something very strange. No, it is inside of you. It's all you need is love. And the love is already where? Inside. You have what? Sincere love. You have genuine love. Hallelujah. Amen. You have sincere love and you have genuine love. Sincere and genuine love. And you can bear fruit for Christ. You can bear fruit. And the fruit, we talked about it the last time, what Jesus is asking for. Okay, very quickly. Keys. I think I'll deal with three of them today. Keys to a fruitful, an effective, fruitful life. First key, John chapter 12. Oh, thank you, Father. John 12. John chapter 12, verse 23. Hallelujah. John 12, verse 23. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Verse 24. I tell you the truth, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies... Hallelujah. And dies. It remains only a single seed. Uh, but if it dies, it produces many seeds. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus is using this to tell us of the kind of treatment we have to go through in order to bear fruit. He says, when a seed is in the ground, it's covered and all that. But we all know that the seed has a lining around it. Huh? It's called the tegument. Is that so? Some of you, if you remember your biology, it's called the tegument. And that tegument has to what? Has to die. Most times, it's the water and all that, the heat and the water. The water imbibes it. And finally, it gets to go off and falls off and then the main content of the seed begins to take water and to sprout and to do well. So Jesus is saying that there is an outer part of you that has to what? Die. Unless it dies, it will not bear fruit and this is the key. If you really bear fruit in God's eyes, an effective way, in God's own way, it has to come through this one. If not, you have a fake life. You look prosperous, but it's fake. And you know that it is fake. And all those around you know that it is fake. Hallelujah. Amen. There are many ways. There are many, many ways. I was, um, we we're talking about, um, um, we bought an ab roller, something for the abdomen and all that. And um, the guy, the professionals who were doing it, 
They says if you can do 15 of this, it's like you are very powerful. And some of us have been doing already 30. Like, <laughs> it's like he says, anybody you hear doing 100 of this thing is just not doing it right. It's true. <laughs> There are some exercises, if you tell me you can do 15, I just know that you don't do it well. <laughs> you are just not doing it well. <laughs> it's true. It takes a lot if you really do it and do it properly. And this is the kind of thing Jesus is talking about, bearing fruit. Today, many people want to be successful. They want to bear fruit very quickly, very somehow, quickly, quickly. But we are cutting corners and shortcuts and all that and trying to make it. The first key, if you have the kind of food that Jesus is talking about, filled with love and, and compassion, and that it has love for the person you are sent to, to the people you are sent to, and it has also passion and love for the one who sent you, if you have that kind of fruit, oh, I think if we can find only 10 of that kind of people in government, I think Africa will just go very far. I think so. But today, many of us are in church, we are professing so many things, saying so many things to God. When we get into our offices, we are something else. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you and I will not be like that. Hallelujah. Stop being like that from now on. Don't wait till you get there. Because we look at them and we point fingers at them. But somehow, if we don't take, if we don't take care, we can be like them. I'm praying that we will not be like them. I'm praying that will not be that kind of mothers. I'm praying that will not be that kind of fathers. Hallelujah. Who do not have genuine interest. Oh, genuine interest. Hallelujah. We will have genuine interest in our families. Amen. You have a genuine interest in your wife. No. A genuine, sincere interest. That's the kind of fruit you bear. A true one. You will have to do it well. And that will come by you dying to yourself. The first key, the first key is dying to yourself. Dying to your interest. Dying to what you want. Life is just all about that. Really, anything true comes with pain. Even the earth is even struggling to come up with a, with a new earth. The Bible says that the earth is in pain. <laughs> is it not true? Yeah. It's, it's in pain. That's why you see earthquake and all that. It's in pain. So for something else, something new to come up, it has to go through pain. God subjected the earth to pain. And for you to even get something out of the earth, it's pain. Hallelujah. You want to get a real husband and you are keeping a certain boy by you. Ah! You don't want the pain of being lonely and being alone and being with the Lord and lifting up your arms even when there's nobody. Say, God, I'm all for you. <laughs> I'm for you. <laughs> but you want somebody to be in your life. You're keeping all kinds of people around you. Just going around. When we time for, to pray for husband, you raise up your hand. <laughs> it's time for anointing oil. You bring your head. But you have that boy, you know that he's not the one, and we are pouring oil on you. May that oil dry up in the name of Jesus. 
<laughs> you don't want to go through the pain. You are wishing that you will be with a, a, a wife and you are watching pornography. You don't want the pain of just being there and being in the morning. <laughs> I feel like God, but the Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> I said, know what? It will take pain. Hallelujah. Amen. Is somebody hearing me? Huh? He says the verse 25. Now, 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 Jesus makes the last phrase here. He says, but if it dies, it produces many seeds. We all want the many seeds. But we don't want what? The dying. <laughs> we want the many seeds. Oh, I want the many seeds. Oh, God. Oh. Is there no way to have children without, the, without uh, suffering? Hey, God. Oh. <laughs> Didn't you make another? No, there's no way. If it dies, it is a condition. It's not by force to bear seeds. It's not by force. See, it's not by force to marry. It's not by force. I get what I'm saying. Yeah, I say it's not by force. Don't marry if you think it can't. Just don't. Are you getting it? Uh-huh. When you are praying for people to get married, just sit down. Don't rise up. Don't lift up your hands. Do you know Abigail? Moses. Abigail. Abigail was, li- was lying in her husband's house. She married a foolish man. And the man died. Uh, most, uh, David was very happy. When David called her to come and be her wife, his wife, do you know what Abigail said? Eh? I feel like teaching about this thing now. Abigail said that, um, why won't I be the servant of my Lord? She understood the wife thing to be what? Servanthood, though. Hallelujah. When you are coming for the the day you are coming for the wedding, congratulations to your servanthood certificate. You'll be given your certificate of servanthood. Hallelujah. Amen. I say, if you don't want, don't, don't, just don't want. I'm com- today I'm coming, pa. I'm coming. I am on it. I'm just being gradual. I'm taking my time. Yeah. It is servanthood. You think that you want to be married, you are a man, by 10 o'clock you are still sleeping. A man, 10 o'clock, you are still in bed, still sleeping, and you are dreaming as you are lying down there that a wife will be lying by you. Which kind of wife will be lying by you at that time? 10 o'clock when you are still in bed, still stretching. No, you tell me, talk to me. Let's be, let's be serious now. Which kind of woman will be lying by you at that time? When you just began sleeping, you're not even, it's not time to wake up. When it's time for the booze, you'll be asking the girls also, Charlie, where is the booze coming? Up tonight, you don't you just, just wait. You want to be fruitful. You want, it, 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 it has to be, they have to be dying. And if you don't accept it, you will not move forward. May we have the grace to go through the dying. Hallelujah. There is a dying you go through before you are married. There's a dying you go through when you are married. There's a dying, there's a dying, there's a dying, there's a dying. There's dying all the way. Hallelujah. Yes, because you want to bear fruit. Yeah. Even when you have your children, there's a dying to it. Yeah. 
Until you die. Yeah. yeah. So it will not work, my brothers and sisters. It will not. The first key is dying to yourself, dying to your self-interest, dying into you becoming great, dying in you, you, you are trying to be great with who? No. To bear fruit. And even if you bear fruit, huh? some of us will do it. Some of us will bear fruit with our name. You want to be, you know, it is not a people. You are just trying to create a name for yourself. Or, or, or you know, please something. Or you are just, you know, and you are just going. And you, you, it will collapse one day. I'm just waiting for you. I'm here. It will collapse one day. Anything you build on self will collapse. Put it marriage, put it ministry, put it orphanage, put it politics, whatever, it will collapse for you. Because you are not serving the people, neither are you serving God genuinely. You are serving yourself. Jesus has told us, if it dies, it bears fruit. So if it does not die, there's no fruit. Most times we want everybody to die so that we are alive. Jesus said, no, no, no. You die. <laughs> everything, to, everything should die so that you will be alive. No. Jesus said, no. You, you, you. You the one who wants to bear fruit. You should die. If you want to bear fruit. Hallelujah. So it says, if it dies, it produces many seeds. And the reason why we might not bear fruit in our lives, brothers and sisters, is just this. We are too alive to ourselves. The least thing you are angry. The least thing you are angry. Hey, you are alive, oh. You are very alive. In fact, you are too alive. Very alive. How would you bear fruit? Verse 25. The man who loves his life. Uh-huh. You see, Jesus is explaining it now. The man who loves his life will lose it. While the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Hallelujah. Amen. So you have, you have to lose yourself. You have to lose your life. You have to, anything God will call you to that you will prosper. You will have fruitful, fruitful service. You will be fruitful and effective. This thing has to happen. That you lost your life. You just lost yourself. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You have to hate your life enough to lose it. Hate your life enough to let it go for the sake of others. And for Jesus said the same thing. In uh, Luke, 7, Luke uh, 14, 25. And on and on and on and on. Romans 12. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Father, help us, oh, help us. We need your help. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Help us, Lord Holy Spirit. We've been talking about how we were married to ourselves, to that old man. You remember him? Do you remember? And that, that old man has what? Has died. Phil, do you remember? Yeah. That that old man has died. So we are now married to who? To a new man. 
Amen. It talks about fruitfulness. Let's just read it again. Luke uh, Romans 7. I want some verses to just stay with you. Romans chapter 7. Are you there? Romans 7. Do you not know, my brothers? For I am speaking to men who know the law. That the law has authority over a man only as long as he lives. Is that so? For example, by law, a married woman is bound to a husband as long as he lives, is alive. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. So then, if she marries another man while her husband is still alive, she's called an, an adulteress. That's why we talk about separation. We don't talk about adultery. If there's a problem between man and wife, we separation. But she cannot marry somebody else. God says he hates, he hates divorce. He hates it. In fact, he brings a curse. He brings a curse. Yeah. Amen. And I pray that none of us will fall victim to this issue. You better die than to divorce. Better die. <laughs> Whatever it is. <laughs> better die inside than to divorce. Hallelujah. Um, but you will not fall victim to this one. No. So he says, while her husband is still alive, she's called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law and is not an adulteress, even though she marries another man. Amen? And the verse 4 says, So, my brothers, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another. You might belong to another. So it means that there were two husbands. We are the bride, we are the wives, and there are two husbands we had one old husband. Whether you're a man or a woman, you're a wife. Amen. We had an old man. He's called Mr. Flesh. The old man. We were married to him before Christ came. When Christ came, he crucified him on the cross. He's no more alive. Amen. So now we are free to, to now marry who? Another man. And that man is who? Our new man is Jesus. Hallelujah. And the way when we were married to the old man, we bore fruits for that old man. We did things for him, adultery, whatever, you know, cheating, gossiping, all that. Those were the fruits we gave, we gave him. Now that he's no more alive, we don't have fruits again for him. Amen. We can remember the sons we bore with him, but we don't, bore, we don't bear sons again for him. Now, we have a new husband that we bear sons for. And he says who? Uh, you also died to the law. So my brothers, verse 4, you also died to the law through the body of Christ that you might belong to another, to him. Who was raised from the dead in order that we might bear, might bear fruit to God. Hallelujah. So because we are married with Jesus now, we bear fruit to who? To God. So if you want to be fruitful, huh, you've got to leave that old man. You can't be married to him. You can't be married to yourself. You have to bear, you have to be with Jesus to bear fruit for Jesus. Hallelujah. So the first key, the first key Please, it's dying to yourself. No matter what the project is, no matter what God has given you, um, even if you are just a constructor, a manager, whatever, if you are going to succeed just like a manager, are you getting it? You have to place the people first. You have to place the people first. Amen? And I like it when I'm talking to managers of companies and all that, and they are telling me in this COVID, this season where people are not paid, they reduce their pay, or do, do not take pay. 
in order to pay their workers. And it's, it's such a, it touches my heart. It's like the people are priority to them. Amen. We can all help to make the world a better place. You don't need to become a president. You can be a manager. You can be a director. If you, are, if you have the people at heart and you go down and you, you die to yourself and to your wants, and you place the people first, prosperity will flow. Hallelujah. And true prosperity will flow. And I pray that that, that will be the kinds of people will be. I want to be hearing such stories when you have your company. Yeah. I want to be seeing how you are placing the people ahead of yourself not using people to go further. Amen? So, Romans chapter 12, somebody can read it for us. It says in the um, Romans 12, Therefore, I urge you, it is anybody, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Amen. So I want to leave this point. I think I've dealt with it long enough. Um, please look at some of the verses. Uh, Romans, Romans 8, from 1 to 8. You can write it down and look at it. Um, uh, look at Genesis chapter 11, uh, verse 1 to 11. Genesis 11, the Tower of Babel. And Bible says that they were trying to build that Tower of Babel for themselves. And God scattered the whole thing. Everything you do for yourself will be scattered. Since God started it, he will continue. It doesn't matter how far, how much, how many years it takes. It will be scattered. It will be scattered. It will not last. Hallelujah. Amen. So you can have such references and look at it. The next point. The next point. The next point. Um, Luke chapter 16. Luke 16. Luke 16, I like this. Thank you, Father. Luke chapter 16. Wow. Are you there? Bless you, Father. We thank you. Luke 16. Our next key to an effective, fruitful life. Uh, are you there? Then Jesus told his disciples, Luke 16, verse 1, there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management or your stewardship because you cannot be manager any longer. Huh? To everything God gives you, there is an end to it. <laughs> the manager said to himself, what shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig. I'm ashamed to beg. And I know, I know what I'll do so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their homes. This is a very, very interesting uh, classification of jobs that is given to us here. Are you following what I'm saying? He says, I cannot dig. Some of us cannot do manual labor. Huh? You, know that, you know that you can't dig. So he says, what will he do? He can't beg also. He doesn't have emotional energy for begging. <laughs> he doesn't have emotional energy for begging. So, but he's going to use his what? His brain. Huh? And um, it shows us that the brain work, the brain work has more value than the physical work. 
And some of us have gotten opportunity to be in schools to be trained, train our brains in order to have more value, be able to add more value to things, and so get more money than doing physical work. So it shows us a beautiful picture here of doing physical work or doing a brain work. Uh -huh. So there's a physical work, there's a brain work, and there's a spiritual work. The physical work has less value than the brain work or the emotional one. Uh -huh. And the emotional or the, the brain work has less value than the spiritual work. The spiritual work has more value than all the three. So some of us who are doctors, who are this, yes, it's a brain work. It's not a, it's not a spiritual work. The spiritual work has more value. That is why you can see a carpenter or you can see somebody who does the physical work. Um, he gets trained in spiritual things and he, pass, he bypasses, all, you see doctors sitting in front of him, listening to him. <laughs> you see engineers sitting in front of him. People who have done a high, steady, enough brain work because a spiritual work has more value than brain work. Well, that's not what I'm going to. So he says, I'm going to, you know, um, I'll do something. So that when I lose my job here, people welcome me into their homes. The verse 5. So he called in each of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? Imagine this guy, the master wasn't staying in the same place. The master's residence was different from where his estate was. So he's in his residence, somebody's managing his property somewhere, and he hears that the guy is messing up the stuff. So he calls him, he tells him, hey, over, come and give account of your life there. So, so he called each of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? 900 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly and make it 450. Then he asked the second, how much do you owe? A thousand bushel of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill and make it 800. The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted wisely, shortly. For the people of this world are more wise in dealing with their own kind than are the people of light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it's, it is gone, you will be welcome into eternal dwelling. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you? with true riches. And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Hallelujah. Please, every property that you have, every property that you have is in the hands of somebody. Somebody has to give it to you. <laughs> Amen. Maybe your husband is in the hands of a certain girl. I don't know. <laughs> it's very possible. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> <laughs> maybe your wife is in the hands of a certain lady a certain guy <laughs> and you have one that you are not sure of please Bible says do what <laughs> amen <laughs> the verse, verse 13 no one can serve two masters either you will hate the one 
and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Hallelujah. The key here, the, the parable is divided into two parts. So one, what the guy did and it's not good and uh, the master is ending everything. So that first part is telling us that everything will end and will be all called to account one day. The next part is what the guy did to solve that problem. Hallelujah. Jesus is praising this guy for his quick response. He had a quick response to a sudden danger. Like, quickly my job will be taken away from me. A danger is approaching. I can't be in this position. And he makes a quick change. And although he's a dishonest guy, he does a dishonest thing again, but the fact that he, he acts quickly for tomorrow is what Jesus is dealing with. And the, the text, um, he's, the verse he really nails down is the verse 9. I tell you, I tell you, use worldly wealth. Use money to gain what? Friends for yourself. This is the next key. To be effective, you have to put people ahead of money. Use money to make friends who will be with you in eternity. Make eternal friends. This is so, 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 so crucial. To keep the vision before you. That you know what? Ah, to be fruitful doesn't mean that I accumulate money. I, I think we have to define it. Because sometimes we don't define it. It's, it's not that I have much money in the bank. No. It's not that I built a five-star hotel. It's not that I bought a Rolls Royce or um, something. Or I built a house. You know, some of us want to like finish school, get married, build house, job, and then we are successful. Or, or have a big company. No, no, brothers and sisters. No, you'll be a big loser in the kingdom of God. Effectiveness in the kingdom of God is, is counted by how many friends, how many friends are in eternity with you, how many eternal friends are there with you. And Jesus is saying, use everything you've got to make friends for yourself. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody open to Ecclesiastes chapter 5, very quickly. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 10. In the book of Luke, in the same Luke where we are, Luke chapter 12 verse, verse 15, it says, For a man's life does not consist of the abundance. Abundance. Like we have to be repeated this thing over and over. It's not how much you make, my brothers and sisters. Maybe you are doing something just to make money. It is not the point. Christianity, God, what God counts as successful is not how much you make. Please, let's get it right. It's not how much you make. It's about friends. How many people went into eternity with you? How many people went into eternity because of you? So use all you've got to go there. Because when you will get there, you are preparing your foundation, you are preparing your wealth, you are preparing all that for that place, not for here. One, two, hallelujah. Okay, I'm back. Wow. Can you guys hear me now? Okay, good. 
Yeah. Hallelujah. So somebody open to Ecclesiastes 5 verse 10. Another person open to Proverbs chapter 23 verse 4 and 5. Proverbs 23 verse 4 and 5. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 5 verse 10. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 10. Please somebody read for us. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 10. Yes, uh, Harriet, please go. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 10. Uh-huh. He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver. You will never be satisfied with silver. Uh-huh. No, no, he who loves abundance with increase. Wow. Hallelujah. That is not what we are supposed to love. That is not what life really is. Hallelujah. It never, never satisfies. Never, never satisfies. Amen. So that is not the point. The point is you making friends making friends to heaven now the next one proverbs 23 verse 4 to 5 who's reading for us proverbs 23 yes uh-huh, kunda proverbs 23 proverbs chapter 23 uh-huh do not do not wear yourself out to get rich do not wear do not yourselves out to get rich please wait What's a verse? Can you write it on your wall? Hey, do not wear yourselves out to get what? Rich. Wow. How many Bible, Bible verses have we heard? <laughs> how, many, how many of us have abandoned this verse? Do not wear yourselves out to get rich. Don't wear yourselves out to get rich. Is it true? Uh-huh. Continue. Okay. Do not trust your own cleverness. Don't trust your own cleverness. Is that not what, what happens every time? Because you want to wear yourselves out to get rich, you become smart. Smarter than the Bible. Smarter than anybody. Do not wear yourselves out to get rich. Don't wear yourself out to get rich. He says, rather what? What is Jesus saying? Use what? Money. Use all you've got to do what? To make friends. Tell somebody, use what you've got to make friends. Use what you've got to make friends. Use what you've got to make friends. To gain friends for yourself. Eh? Some of you say, I love money. Some of you love money more than people. I love money. Some of you have even written it on top of your heart. I love money. I love money. I love money. I, as for me and money, we are brothers and sisters. I love money. Who told you? Jesus didn't say that. Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said love money. He didn't say that. Hallelujah. As a Christian, your fruitfulness is not measured by how much you have. No. It's not measured by that. Your fruitfulness is measured by how many friends how many friends you make into eternity with you? So far, how many friends have you made? How many friends will welcome you? It's a serious question, brothers and sisters. Jesus said the people of this world are smart in dealing with their own kind. It means that the issue about money is their kind. We, our own, is about what? Friends. Our own is different. Their kind is money. They deal wisely. See how he dealt wisely with the issue? He dealt very wisely because his job was, come to, was being taken away from him. He dealt wisely with getting out of job. Smart. 
dealt wisely with money. But us, our own, is dealing with people, friends, friends. Some of us who say, I don't like people. Me, I don't like me. I don't like my friends. Me, if you're not my friend, you're not my friend. Me, I'm very, I don't, I don't, all this people i mean if i don't know you i don't know you i mean i just i that's just that's your case i mean i just that's the life we have most of us we are not open to new people at all if i say list your friends now they are all from zambia if you are from zambia (laughs) (laughs) if i say list your friends now they are only from your batch and even within your batch there is a group of them that are your friends. So your friends are very, we are very limited. Hey! If I say list your friends now, they are only from South Sudan because you are from South Sudan. And maybe they are from your part of your South Sudan, those that you really, they are only the ones that you, huh? If I say list your friends now, they are only from the Caribbean, only from Jamaica. <laughs> Because that's where you are from. If I say list your friends now, they are only from Nigeria. And even the Nigeria, they are only from your, if you are Yoruba, you are only from Yoruba. Those are your friends. If you are Hausa, you are, your friends are Hausa. If you are, uh, 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 God, help me out. It is, that's, that's, that's all. Those are your friends. So why, if, if, this is, if, if this is the real prosperity we are supposed to be talking about, if this, is the, if this is the fruitfulness Jesus is asking us to be, then you should be asking yourself, how many friends? You should be asking God, God, I need a friend from Togo who will be in heaven with me, not for business. I need a friend uh, from uh, Burkina Faso who will be in heaven with me, not, not for business, not for this thing, not just for marriage. Some of us are so fixed so fixed, so fixed, so fixed. If the person is not member, you can't marry the person. It has to be Nyanja member something. Hey. Uh, I should leave that one alone. I should leave. I, would, I should just leave it alone. I shouldn't even touch it. I should just. Eh? So fixed. So fixed. Friends. Jesus sent his disciples to go into all the world to make friends so that they will be friends in heaven. That's what he sent us to do. So fixed. So fixed. What, what do you call fruitfulness? Please, let's... Ah, I wish you could ask. What do we call fruitfulness? What is, fruit, what is being fruitful? This is what Jesus calls fruitfulness. Oh. Always in your corner. Me, I don't talk to, I don't, I, I don't talk to just anybody. <laughs> Even good money. For good money to come off, out of your mouth, it's, it has to be pulled out. We have to drag it out. When you wake up, you, know, you, you can't even greet anybody. Just, just, you can't greet anybody. Jesus said, use your money. Use your money to make art. If we will just, if we will just listen to Jesus, I'm telling you, there will be no need for missions, no need for evangelism, because there are Christians everywhere. There are Christians everywhere. He says, use your money. Use what is in your pocket. 
Use your time. Use your energy to make friends for eternity. For eternity. How far, how far can we go off this? Are we not just all just reading the scriptures? How difficult can this one be? When you get your booze, huh? Just put 50 drums aside, buy poulet and fry and call, call people around. I mean, a fried poulet, don't you think they'll come? Please tell me which one will not come. Some of your friends, your, some of the people in your house have been waiting so far. You have never done it. When you don't have money, when you don't have money, they all know you don't have money. When you have money, nobody knows. It's quiet. It's like, when money comes, nobody knows. At least they should know that money has come. Huh? Most of us, when you don't have money, we just, me, I don't have money, me, I don't have money, me, I don't when money counts. <laughs> they be making secret movements. They are going out here and there. Then they can see KFC in the fridge. <laughs> Use your money to make friends. Is it ever since I understood this thing? Yes, it's very simple. I realize it's not difficult at all. If you are, if you are ready to do what Jesus said. Instead of, instead of using people to make money. Aha. Instead of using people to make money, he says rather use money to make people. The world says use, use people to make money. Climb up on the back of everybody. Climb up. Just go to the highest and just climb on everybody. They, they, are, they are just, they are objects. They are, they are stones. Just climb up on them. Some of you, you have money, but you go and borrow onion. You have money. You go and borrow oil. You will never buy. You will never buy. When will you even buy and give one to anybody? You will never buy. Please, onion, onion. When they see you coming, they're even running away. You never buy. Always borrowing. Always give me, give me, give me. I'll give you. They, they remember when you were taking this one, they, they remember the last one, when you, the one you collected, that you have not paid. You still didn't bring it. How do you make friends like that? We are very, very stingy. Use your money to make friends. Father, I pray we understand this one. Ha! Help us, Jesus. Use your money. Use your money. I say just fry poulet. Now that just fry poulet and just call them. Just fry poulet and just call them. Say, I just fried poulet. I bought a drink. You don't need to do a bride. Just, just, poulet, just fry it. I get it. Just fry the poulet and just call them and just say, oh, let's just come in and and just get to know them. Get to know people. He didn't say, he says friends for eternity. He didn't say go and preach to them, people you don't know. No, no, no. Friends for eternity, that's what he's talking about. So you have to know them. Just get to know people. People want to just talk. They want to say, say their money. Don't ask them for contributions. <laughs> Don't, ask, don't tell them it costs uh, 300 dirhams. 
everybody do it. No. We are not asking for contributions. Like, it is not difficult. Are you guys understand what I'm saying? It is not difficult, really. It is not difficult. Oh, can we hear Jesus? I think the heart of Jesus is bleeding, really. I really think so. Because we've all got into the system of using people to go higher. Climbing on the backs of people. And that's what everybody is doing. Where are the Christians? Where are the Christians? Huh? Everybody is saving. If we are not even saving, I'm coming to that issue. That's why I'm coming to. We are not even saving. <laughs> I wish we were. Use money. Tell yourself from today, I'm going to use money to make friends. Can you say it with me? I'm going to use money to make friends. Let's all say it louder. Say it louder. I am going to use money to make friends. I want to think about my hair first. Hallelujah. The hair cost you 550 for three weeks. 550. It costs you. You don't mind to do to put that 550 on your head for only three weeks. But if Jesus says, just give 100 dirhams for friends to make friends. Hmm. Just get to know them. Share your life. Share what Jesus has done for you. Share scripture. Something. It's not difficult. Uh, most of you were here when Pastor Musa came here. Some of you were here. Musa Kone, the one who was imam and he became a uh, he became um, a pastor. And he was telling us, he told us how his father would go to different places. His father was just, his father was not an imam. He wasn't a pastor. No, he was just a Muslim. A good Muslim. The father would go to different places. Anywhere he goes to, he will build an oven. I don't know what you call it. That traditional bakery, I know, with clay. And then every morning, he would just be doing bread and distributing bread in the neighborhood. He would just distribute bread. Some of them, some people can pay, they'll buy, others will not pay, you just give it to them for free. Oh, allergy, oh, allergy, oh, allergy. He's not a, and the people started praying with him. Do you know that the man built about five mosques? As they gather, they gather, he'll build one mosque for them. Then he'll move from the area and go to a different place. And leave that area, leave his son to be the imam there. He was not, he was just a good Muslim. He told us. I don't know. I don't know. Father help us, I don't know. Hallelujah. I don't know who welcome you when you get to heaven. Some of us, Eve knows that, Eve's, <laughs> I don't know who welcome you when you get there. Because he it says it's the people who welcome you. Some of you be walking there, nobody knows you. That's where the loneliness will start. Because you didn't, you didn't bring any, there's nobody you brought there. Maybe you start making friends there, you start learning your lessons at that time. And it will be very, very sad. Hallelujah. So when you are thinking of making 
being fruitful. Think about this, not money. No, not buildings. No, not your diploma. No. Don't get 18 over 20 and come and give a testimony. We will hear it and clap for you. But this is the fruit, this is the main fruitfulness about making friends. Making friends. Making friends. No matter what, no matter the social standard. In heaven, there's no difference. Whether they are rich, they are poor, they are yellow, they are white, nobody cares. That's in heaven. It's only here that we have all these classes. And it all just ends here. We we'll all stand before Jesus and be judged by him. The last thing I'll, I'll talk about and leave you. He says, if you have been trusted with much, uh, who can trust, whoever can be trusted with little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Start with what you have now. You want to be fruitful? Start managing what you have now. Start managing what you have now. Start managing your time, managing your energy, manage your money, and make sure that there is enough for others. The third point. The third point. Manage what I have now in order to be fruitful. I will manage what I have now. I'll be disciplined with what I have now. The time, the energy, the gifts, the relationships, there are five main things God has given to everybody. Time, energy, money, relationships, and gifts. Time, energy, relationships, money, and gifts. And I've, I've told some of you, as time increases, some of these resources reduces. Huh? As time increases, energy reduces. Money is supposed to increase and all that. I did a graph some time ago when I came to some of the towns. But God is expecting you to have enough from what he gives you, out of the money he gives you. He, he's giving you enough for others. But the question there is management. We behave just as bad as this guy. Dishonest. Mismanagement. Indiscipline about the use of time. Indiscipline about the use of money. Even discipline about the use of our resources. We are indiscipline. In fact, it said that one of the greatest problems of students is just that. Indiscipline about the use of the things God has given us. We need to learn to have a budget for time. Have a budget for your, for your energy. You don't have energy for everything. You don't have energy for talking to everybody. You don't have energy for gossiping with everybody. Know how much energy you can spend on what. Energy is very, very important. Hallelujah. Time. How much time do you have? How much time do you have? We are very wasteful. Most of us are within the 20s, 25, 30s. And within that 25, you've spent one third of your life. That is, if you are going to live to be what? But in, Af in Africa, the, the life expectancy is around 50. 45, 50. 
And I pray that we'll all pass that and go up to 70, 80 there. Hallelujah. But the life expectancy is 50. So if you are 25 already, uh-uh. Consider what is left is not much. Are you getting what I'm saying? 20, let's say that you are going to be 75. We know that from 25, from 50 going, it's a slow period. And God doesn't want you to serve him around that time. He wants you to mentor and to teach others and to transfer from 50 going. So, the time you have to serve him, it's short. Very short. The same way you, you don't know how you became 25 is the same way you might not know when you become 50. It's very short. The same way you don't know how you spent four years in Morocco is the same way you might never know when 40 years will come. 35. 45. That's all. 50. And the time is every day. Every day. What you do with your day. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm going to the Medina. I'm going. Can we go? You don't have anything to do. Ah! What do you have to do there? You didn't plan to go there. It's not. Oh, let's go. Let's go. You are just. The person is already in heaven. It's a friend of heaven already. You are still working with the person. Go and make new friends. If you take a new friend to the Medina, it is even more profitable than going with an old one. You are just walking about. From one shop to the next shop. From one shop. The next shop you are going to, the man, the woman knows that you're not by. So as soon as you get it, don't look, don't look at your face. You are just coming to walk around, look and go. Hallelujah. Time. Time. And especially money. We are very wasteful. We are very wasteful. I feel like talking a little bit. <laughs> very wasteful. Go to Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs 13 verse 11. If you will do what Jesus is saying, don't think in your mind that I don't have money, I'm waiting to start working. It is a lie. Nobody is waiting to start working. You have enough. Some of you are earning more than average workers back home. I don't know when you begin to do it if you don't start now. Proverbs 13. Father, help us. Huh? This honest money, verse 11, Proverbs 13, verse 11, this honest money dwindles away, but he who gathers money little by little, little by little, makes it grow. Some of us are waiting for one big money somewhere. It's, uh, it's not true. They disappear. Little by little. Manage little by little. Hallelujah. Have a budget on your spending. And when you spend, write it down. Write down what you spend. It's called spying on your spending. Spying on your money. Write down. You'll be shocked what you have spent your money on. Write down. I say begin to write down what you spend on. When you go to the market and you are coming out and they give you the ticket, don't throw it away. Don't leave it there. Don't say, mommy, take it. Bring it home. Write down what you spend. Write it down. Because you have to manage, squeeze some out to go and make friends. Squeeze some out to pay your tithe. Some of, some of us don't even pay tithe. Offering, you are looking for 
the last, this thing. Now that we are not even in church, <laughs> what, a, what a blessing. We are not even in church. <laughs> yeah. If you are indisciplined in spending, you cannot give offering. You cannot give tithe. You don't even have some to even go and make friends. You don't even have some. Indiscipline. And I feel like talking a bit about this. Go to the 21. Proverbs 21. Proverbs 21 verse 17. Are you there? He who loves what? Pleasure. Will become poor. Huh? How many are going to be rich? How many are going to be rich? I'm not saying one big company has come to pay money. You are going to reach where you are with what you have. Being rich doesn't mean you have boom. No. Being rich means that you have more than enough. Enough for yourself, enough for others. Hallelujah. He who loves pleasure will become what? Poor. Whoever loves wine. <laughs> wine. Wine and oil. Agan oils. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Your shoes alone can pay somebody's fees. Hey. They are always nice. Your jeans. Hey. Your jeans. <laughs> Your jeans can buy somebody's school fees. <laughs> Hallelujah. Your, the one you use for sports, it's, it's a loaner. <laughs> Even your cap, just the cap you wear. The cap can pay somebody's uh, lunch. Hallelujah. Pleasure. Always partying. And the party is not to bring new friends. It's just partying. I feel like partying. And the party is only you. You and yourself. Having a party with yourself. I feel like partying with myself. Hallelujah. During the week, you have a special day for partying. There's a day for outing. Before you come, the hair is 600 already. The shoe is 300. I mean, what that you're wearing, the boots is already gone. Just on one dressing. Hallelujah. Verse 17. He who loves pleasure will become poor. You will not have some to spare. Whoever loves wine and oil verse 20. In the house of the wise are stores of choice food. Uh-huh. Stores. 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 Do you see the store? Do you see the store? In the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil. But a foolish man devours all he has. How many of us are foolish? 
No. How many of us are wise? Let's see. Don't just raise up your hand. No. Already you are broke. We... If you are already broke, don't raise up your hand. <laughs> the money just came last week. It is already finished. Do you see, where is this problem? Where is this problem? You know, sometimes it's because we are trying to live far above our means. You want to appear, you want to appear, you know, um, appear in a certain way that, that, that really, it, it doesn't matter. You are owing Mr. B. You are owing Mr. C. Even when you see their call, you don't even pick again. As soon as they hear that money has come, they begin to call you. When are you going to finish paying all those things? and begin to manage your life and manage what you have and have some for others. When? Eh? Please tell me, when would you really begin to be the wise person with the storehouse? The choice food we are talking about is good, but it is to go, it's for spare, it's to give out. Hallelujah. Amen. How many are going to be wise here? How many are going to be wise? We've talked about it, and I know you've talked about it. I know some of you don't have a budget. Always you are broke. Ah, please. I hate it. In fact, if you are, if you are around me, all, the, all those who are around me, they know I hate people who are broke. I hate it. <laughs> I don't like I don't like broke people. Yeah. No matter what you have, no matter the amount you have, you must be able to have some. You can't just be spending money like that. Have you not realized that now that KFC and everybody has closed, you've not spent all that money? Or some of you have still been spending. Okay, yeah, I know. Jumia has been coming. Glover has been coming. I know you've been ordering them. Yeah. But it comes a time you have to stop. Cease. Stop spending. And all of that is just because of you, self. The first point we spoke about, that's self. You are living for yourself. It's, that's just the point. It's not just you, how you appear, how you look, how you whatever. You know, you don't mind if it is you and you have to do your hair. You don't mind how much you spend if it's going to make you look good. You don't mind. And you're always broke. Always broke. Ha! Huh? May you come out of always being broke in the name of Jesus. Eh? No matter how long the booth stays, it should, you should have enough. You should have enough. This life you are living is not profitable. It's not profitable. And you eat all you have and you still got money on top of it. So you say, I'll pay the tithe. I'll pay the tithe at the end of the, of the month. I'll check. So you not pay it. You wait. And you spend it. Some of us have been eating God's money. He gives you, you eat it. You eat, you eat the other one for the, for the other people. You spend all. And you're looking good. And even though you're good, it's not still good enough. You still want more. You're still checking the, the magazine and seeing, ordering the, the shoes. Say, this shoe is coming, next one. You're combined, looking at your bag, the bag and this one. Which one? I just need a yellow shoe now to fit this one. Now you want a yellow suit to fit that one. Hey! When you are going from here, nobody will be able to help you carry your books, your, your bags. There will be too many shoes. 
Yeah. But I told all the boys never to come and help you carry them. Yeah. Because you didn't help. You didn't. You didn't give them anything. Hallelujah. How many are still with me? How many are still here? Are you still here? Are you following? Please, I am begging. It is time to stop the mismanagement of time, of energy. It's time to stop the use of useless, careless use of money. It pains me. Careless use of money. Some of you are staying in one rooms. I don't even want to talk about it. But if you will share that room, you'll be wiser. If you even move to the stage, you'll even be better. Yeah. I want to have my own place. And I know some of the new students, they are, in the they are waiting to go to their one room where you are paying 1,000 dirhams, 1,002. And every, week, every month you are broke. Can't a, a common sense tell you that, see, a common sense needs to just speak to say, I am being foolish. I need to move out from this room or find somebody to stay with or go to the city. Always broke. You have nothing to give. Even the house you are, you are even owing. No, you can't continue like this. You are not serious. The life, the Christian life you are living. See, the women who follow Jesus, Bible says that they had money Women, ah, let's read it. Luke chapter 8. The women who followed Jesus, they were not broke. Oh. They were not broke. Please. Are you there? From Luke chapter 8, verse 1. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Shusa, the manager of Herod's household. Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their means. Can you imagine? They had enough out of their means. I don't think Jesus, I think Jesus is happy to have everybody with him. But why were their names written? Why were their names written? Because they were given for others. They were given so that Jesus could travel. They were given so that when they, whatever, Jesus, they could, so that many others, we too, would come into the kingdom. If they were a type of people who spent all they had, I don't know how useful they would be. They would have been to us. Hallelujah. Proverbs 31. Let me leave you with this. Proverbs 31. Proverbs chapter 31. There's a woman here who seems very interesting. I've wanted to treat this on a special day. And probably I'll treat it on a special day because I can't go. But this is a very valuable woman. I, I wanted to show you a keys to this, to this woman's life. And I wanted all of us, whether you're a man or a woman, since we are the bride of Christ, we all need to follow this woman very well. Huh? She's an example to us. First of all, 
um, in the 31 at the beginning, you remember that there are two, there are two of these um, uh, Proverbs, two chapters that were not written by Solomon. So these were Proverbs of other people that he included in his book to help us. Uh, and the verse 2 says, Oh, my son, oh, son of my womb, oh, son of my vows, do not spend strength, strength, strength. So here we are dealing with energy. Do not spend strength. Huh? Don't spend strength on women. Your vigor on those who ruin kings. Huh? So if you're a man, uh, strength shouldn't be spent uselessly. Huh? If you are... <laughs> there, are there are deeper teachings to this. You know... <laughs> Yeah, if you're a woman, if you're a man, huh? strength is around your waist level. That's where the strength of a man is. Huh? And uh, it's, called, it's called your loins. And um, the devil likes to attack that place. Yeah. And attack and weaken the strength of a man. And he says, don't spend it. Don't spend it around. Hallelujah. It's time. It says, it is not for kings, O Lemuel, not for kings to drink wine, nor rulers to crave beer. This is another thing that destroys us. Beer. Beer. The useless use of our strength and drinking things that are not useful to us. Beer. I pray if anybody is listening to me and you drink beer, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, may you be delivered from beer and from wine. Hallelujah. Amen. Can I hear louder? Amen. Even if it's not, you say it harder for somebody. Amen. 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 Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Beer is not, not for us. Beer is not for us. Beer is not for us. It's one of the things that makes you poor. Very poor. Wine. Very, very poor. 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 I said poor. Makes you very poor. You, you don't know how much families have suffered because of this. Drinking of wine. Beer. A man wakes up, the first thing he thinks about is that one. And beer always goes around with women. Foolish spending of your strength. You don't even have the strength anymore. And you can't think well again. Least they drink and forget what the Lord decrees. The verse 5. And deprive all the oppressed of their rights. Give beer to those who are perishing. I, you are not perishing in the name of Jesus. So if you are drinking beer, you can see what the Bible says about you. Drink, give beer to those who are what? Perishing. Give beer to those who are perishing. Wine to those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty. Oh, of course. You can see they are poor. Is that not so? Yeah. They are poor. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. The, the forgetting is just for a time. The forget, poverty has not run away. Neither has the misery run away. They just forget for a time. Very soon they'll remember again. And they'll drink again. Yeah. Don't even start it. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. This is why most of our politicians cannot do all. Because they can't speak up. They are, they are too drunk. Too drunk. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. The rights of all who are destitute. Speak up. Judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. This is what God is asking us to do. Is that not so? 
cry out for justice, fight for justice for many people. But he says, if you are poor, you drink, you are a woman, you cannot, you cannot. You will never be able to. Discipline your life from all these things. Discipline yourself from these things. You know, you will not be useful in the hand of God. Verse 10. A wife of noble character who can find. She's worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. Hallelujah. Amen. Would your husband have confidence in you? I say, would your wife ha- have confidence in you? Hey, today I wish we would just ask many wives. Do you sincerely have confidence in your husband? They are married, they are there. They are laughing together. They are not even laughing. They are not even laughing. Ask them. Ask mommy. Mommy, do you have confidence in daddy? I think you, are, I think you already know the answer. Would, your, would they have confidence in you? And these are the things. When you are drinking, when you are poor, when you are chasing women, chasing men, who will have confidence in you? She lacks nothing of value. Wow. She lacks nothing of value. If it's your Bible, market value. Market value. If it's your Bible, market value. I know we are taking time, guys, but we need to just do this. Value, market, if it's yours. She brings him good and not harm. I pray in the name of Jesus that you bring good to your family. You bring good to your husband. You bring good to your wife and not harm. All the days of your life. Hallelujah. May somebody realize that since you came to their life, our value has been added unto them. Value. Value. Since we started dating, what, let's ask the guy, let's ask the girl now, what have you brought so far? What have you brought so far? Value. Association should bring value. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, she adds value. She brings value. She brings good and not harm. May your presence in that house bring good in the name of Jesus all the days of her life. Then she says, she selects wool, wool and flask and works with eager hands. Hallelujah. She selects what? Wool and flask and works with eager hands. I'm coming to this. She's like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. Bringing her food from afar. Bring, please, can you stop the music? I want to hear them. I want to talk to you. Are there people on Facebook with us? Oh, Facebook friends, hi. <laughs> Please listen. She brings her food from afar. Listen. Reduce the, reduce the music a bit. Yeah. She brings her food from afar. She gets up while it's still dark. She gets up while it's still dark. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Talk to me, brother. Talk to me, sister. When do you get up? When do you get up? When we said we'll be having exercise in the morning at 11. I intentionally said 11. 
11, I'm sure 11 o'clock, most of you were still in bed, still stretching. She gets up before it is what? While it is dark. She provides food for her family. Listen now. Can you? Okay, if you unmute your mic, yeah. Okay, let me finish this. She, she, she provides food for her family. Uh-huh. What does she do? Apportions her servants' girls. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her hands are strong for her, for her task. She sees what she sees that her trading, her trading is what? Profitable. She sees that her trading is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. Hallelujah. In her hand, she holds the distaff, grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor, extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes covering for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where she takes his seat and among the elders of the land. Now let me leave it here. Now verse 24 says, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. Okay, please listen. Follow me, please. Wake up, sit up. I'm going to sit up. Just sit up if you are, if you are here. Just be here for this few minutes now. Now, this woman, listen very carefully. If you're a woman, listen to me. If you're a man, listen to me. We are all women here now. She brings, she brings what? Her food from afar. Huh? What does that mean? Let's solve that problem. What does that mean? Can somebody tell me? Brianna, what does that mean? She brings her food from afar. Mate, what does that mean? Who can tell me what that means? Yes. Who can tell me? Somebody tell me what that means. She brings her food from afar. Oh, yeah, Humphrey. Uh-huh. I think I think I can say maybe she brings uh, like she provides uh, out of like beyond her capabilities like like it's from beyond her. Huh. Okay. Uh huh. Who else? Yes, Joy. Joyce. Uh, Joy. Yeah, Joyce. <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh... She brings the food out of her struggle. Uh huh. Yeah, getting closer. Out of a struggle. Uh huh. Somebody, somebody else. Yes, Christopher. What did you say? Oh. Yes. I think she's self-sufficient and also can. She's self-sufficient. Yeah. And but what does it mean? She's bringing her food from afar. Listen, oh, please wake up, wake up. Uh huh. Harriet. Uh huh. I think it means she goes beyond reach, like, uh, like not just where it can easily be gotten, but uh -huh. in order to get what she, like she goes far to get it. She goes afar to get the, her food. The, 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 
Felicity, are you here? Are you with me? Now, she goes very far to get her food. Please, when you go far to get your food, reason or please, reason, everybody wake up now. Reason with me. Now, when you go far to get your food, what kind of food do you get? Listen, very, 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 very important. Listen, when you go far to get your food, what kind of food do you get? Reason with me now. Chawanzi, talk to me. Yes. Yes, Field, talk to me. Chisanga, Chisanga, talk, talk, talk to me. Tell me. What, what does it mean when she brings her food from afar? Well, I, I feel if she brings her food from afar, meaning that whatever she gets to provide at that point is the best, and it's, it's a best for the situation. Like, it's, 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 it's the best, and people are kind of, like, content with what she has to offer at that point. Mm. Wow. Pastor Lanti. Uh-huh. Yes, go through. Uh-huh. Let's go. Uh-huh. I have the justice. Uh, I, I think when it, when you talk about it coming from far, I believe maybe it might be something unusual, something that is rare, meaning it can it can be gotten from, from, from any near place. She has to go far, meaning it's something that is rare and unusual. Okay. So the woman has to go far. Listen, she has to go very, very far in terms of distance and time. Listen, it's in terms of distance and what? And time. She has to go far for the food. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Now, if she has to go to the market, if she has to go to the, to the, to the um, let's say, if she has to go to, I don't know, uh, maybe from here to Mohamedia or Setat or somewhere, she has to go to the village to go and what? Bring her food staff from afar. Please, that kind so of food. Empty. Yes, uh-huh. Enoch. I think she's sacrificial. It's sacrificial. Yes, yes, it's part of it. We are coming there. So if she has to bring the food from afar, she goes far to bring the food, which means what? The food that she's going to bring will be less expensive. Where do you get your food? Isn't it from afar? Huh? When you buy it from the village and all that, it is less what? Expensive. Please reason with me. It's less expensive. Huh? Now, the food that is less expensive, what does that mean? What kind of food is that? It is unprepared. Is that so? You just got it from the village. You just, you know, brought it. It is unprepared. Unprepared. It's unprepared. Let's reason with me. I'm trying to get somewhere. Remember also that she has servants in her house. Is that so? So imagine that you have to feed, uh, let's say approximately, let's say 18 people. And maybe some of these servants also have their children and whatever. You know, sometimes they are there with their wives and all that. So let's say 20 people. And you have to feed 20 people every day. Uh, I'm not sure whether you can buy McDonald's for them. How many can buy McDonald's for them every day? <laughs> can they be eating pizza hats every day? No. <laughs> Hallelujah. So she brings her food from afar. And the food that is afar has less value. The food that is afar has less what? Value. Okay. So what does she do now? She gets up early, 
verse 15. She gets up while it's dark and provides food for her family. She provides food. Now, now the food that has been brought from afar, she's going to do what? Process the food. Is that so? So that she provides the food for everybody to eat. Now, watch this. Watch this, guys. The more you buy food that is already processed, already done, the more the price, the higher the price, any food that they've placed much value, they've added no value on it, it has more price. Hallelujah. The price is higher. So the more you buy food that is already done, the more you lose money. And the more you don't work at it at all. So this woman, being very smart, there are two things she's playing with. She's playing with two things. She's playing with food. She's buying the food from, from afar. And she's coming to add value. Listen to me, guys. Guys, listen to me. This is very, very crucial. You have to practice this in your home. Now, she adds value to the food and she gives the food to the people in the house. She doesn't buy from nearby. Now, if you always buy from nearby, they bring Jumia to you, pizza. They bring KFC to you. Even if you just go and buy the KFC, it is cheaper that you buy what? The chicken yourself and you make the chicken and you put the KFC sauce on it yourself and eat it. Add value to it. The reason why our countries are poor, listen, the reason why our countries are poor is because of this. We always want to buy what is already made. What some people, and, and most of these Western countries, they come and buy raw material from us. They take raw material from us. I don't know whether they even buy, but they take raw material from us. And they take it raw. They will take wood, timber, and send it to China send it to somewhere, and make toothpicks. Make toothpicks. And send the toothpicks to Nigeria. Nigeria buys 18 million. Listen, listen. Nigeria buys 18 million per year. 18 million US dollars on toothpicks. Toothpick. Toothpick for the tooth. 18 million US dollars on toothpick. We buy everything. The crude oil is taken from us, sent there, refined. They place value. They buy the raw material from, us, from afar. Whether they buy, I don't know. They send it, they put value on it, and they sell it back to you. And when they sell it back to you, it is very, very expensive. The crude oil is in our countries, but we don't have petrol. Because the difference is that we don't learn to place value on things that are what? Afar. The further you go to get it, and the work you make to place value on it is what saves you money. And because of this, we are always exchanging money for value. Exchanging money for value. So, it is important that you put in the hard work. If you don't want your family or your own life, we talk about Africa in point of hands. But our own lives are just worse than Africa. We are always buying. 
always buying something that has been placed, value has been placed on. And when it's a mark, it's a higher mark, it's more value. It's like more money to get that. And we are always buying that. If you will begin to work things out from afar, stop eating restaurants. Each time you eat restaurants, it's like a lot of value has been added on the food. They've almost done. Now, another thing we also do is most of these food we just eat, um, conflicts. How many have conflicts in your room? Please put them, let me see their faces. <laughs> How many have conflicts now? Um, or any food that you buy, that is almost done, almost done. Indomie. <laughs> yeah. Indomie is already cooked. Indomie is cooked. If you can even eat Indomie uh, raw. It's cooked, it's fried, it's done already. You just have to just put it sardine, something like that. Instead of you to buy the raw fish uh -huh, and do the sardine yourself, you prefer to buy sardine tin, which has only three fish inside. Three. Half sardine. You have half. Three. And if you buy that same amount of sardine in the market, you get quite a number of pieces. Amen. So please, it is very, very important for us if we are going to be wise and budget and spend the way we need to, we have to begin to think of the process. Buy from where? Afar. And you add the value to what? To it. And eat what you have. Until we begin to eat, produce what we eat, and eat what we produce, we will be in the same situation as Africa is in. But I believe there's a new generation that is rising that wants to do things differently. Hallelujah. If you come to my house, my children, what is there is what they eat. Daddy, I want to, no, 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 no. You eat what is there. You don't eat what is not. If you are tired, just go for trotting or jogging. Do something. Yeah. Exercise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. We have to apply these principles. When you look at her, she doesn't buy clothes. Look at her. What does she do? Where is the, where is the, where is the verse? 13. Yeah, the verse 13. Look at the verse 13. She doesn't buy clothes. No. All the beauty, beauty, whatever. Even perfume. Do you know that you can make your own perfume? Yeah? A little bit of oil. You see, we are not, in, not we don't, we are not inclusive. Like, you don't find things out. We don't find things out. You're not curious at all. Find out how to do it. Instead of going to buy, find out how to do it. Just find out. How much will it take you to braid your hair? Imagine how many of you are in the house. You are all going to braid your hair. When you go, they take 250, 250, 250, 250, 250 from all of you. Can't all of you learn how to braid the hair? You braid one, this one braid one, this one braid. You are all saving 250, 250, 250. If I say you should multiply 250, I mean, if you are, if you are spending 500 grams on hair every, every week, every month, let's say four weeks, huh? and we say you should multiply that, please, can someone just multiply it for me? 500 every month by, by um, somebody multiply it and tell me, 500 grams by what? What do you call it? By 12. How much is 500 by 12? Huh? Oh, please. Um, uh, 5,000. 6,000. 6,000. 6,000. So you are spending 6,000 a year on your hair. 
Now, imagine you stay here for, five, for six years, from French here to you finish your... Multiply 6,000 by 6. How much is that? 36,000. Is that so? 36,000. 36,000 on your hair alone. 36,000 on this hair, apart from the cream. The cream and all that has not even come. Some of you spend, averagely, after your years, you've spent 36,000, 40,000 on that hair you are carrying. <laughs> Just on the head. I didn't say you shouldn't do your hair. I didn't say that. Don't say that, Pastor said we should look anyhow. No, I didn't say that. But I just want you to think, how are you spending? How are you spending? The clothes you are wearing. She makes her clothes. You know, sometimes I find that I, can't, I don't think I'll have time to talk about this on a Sunday, no. But he, she makes her She selects wool and flask and works with eager hands. She makes her clothes. When my wife used to tell me, I want to sew. I want to sew. I was thinking, ah, this woman, she's, I want to sew. I want to sew. And she finally started sewing. Hallelujah. And she was, she even sewed, she makes for me. I've, I, this is, I've been counting how much I'm gaining. <laughs> each time she sews their clothes, I could see how much we would have spent. Because each time we go to that guy, if he sews something for me, it is 250 it's 300 to each time, 250, 200. Each time before you come back, it's like 1,000, 1,005 is gone. So sometimes when she sews, I just give her like 200, 300 just for her to be happy. <laughs> because I'm gaining. She selects wool. I remember this whole, this whole winter, we did not have to buy warm clothing. She sold almost everything. She selects wool and she makes it with her eager, eager, eager hands. Now the verse 23 says, uh, is it the verse 23? The verse 22. She makes covering for her bed. She's clothed with fine linen and purple. She buys, she buys raw material. She adds value to them and she uses it. And this is, give, this is giving her a lot of money. She's saving a lot of money. Hallelujah. And part of what she's doing is that she even sells. There's a part she says she sells. 24. She makes linen garments. So out of the same linen she's wearing, she makes fine linen, purple. Now the 24 says she sells the linen garments and she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She's becoming that close. There's no time. I find it so disturbing that students at this stage are just there. You are not adding any skill. Even frying egg. Frying egg might be a problem. Fry egg. Even uh, Indomie might be difficult for you. Just frying egg will be difficult. If we should make, make a pine, pineapple pie or, or a pineapple cake or something, that one is even a, it's, it's a different case. You are not adding scale. So what you do is that every time you go and be buying, you go and be buying, you go and be make already made. And you know that you can even make better, more healthy than what you even go and buy. You can make better. But why won't you learn? Why won't you learn? Learn how to sew. It doesn't take so much. Learn something. Anytime you are going to buy something, think of what if you could make it yourself. Just think. What if I could make this thing myself? Add a skill to your life. Instead of just sleeping. And say, I don't know what to do. As if, we, as if our lives are defined for us. If not school, there's no life. School, that's all. School. That's all life is about. No school, no life. 
That's all. But we will not go anywhere with this. Learn something. Learn something. Today, YouTube is there. Everything is there. You can learn. Learn a skill. I was talking to somebody um, in France. He said he's making clothes. And he's selling them. He's already working. But in the night, <laughs> I found it very interesting. Me, I can't make clothes, so I won't start. Learn something. Do something. Add a skill that will reduce your expenses. Some of you can even make shoes. <laughs> no matter how it comes out, who we'll wear them. <laughs> make something. I'm telling you. Make something. This is Bible. This is in the Bible. Hallelujah. And she makes sure that her trading is profitable. Now, the rest of her money, what does she do? She does two things with it. Look at the rest of her money. Look at what she does. Um, her household is clothes and all that. The 16, it says, she plants a vineyard. She considers a field and buys it. And out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She's moving to the next level now. This is what we call passive money. You're just there. Plant a vineyard. The trees grow. They give you whatever is going, is coming. But you cannot get to that level if you are not dealing very well with these issues. Eating, sleeping, lazing about, not doing anything, gossiping, all that. We are not going anywhere. I mean, I'm tired of preaching to people who are not going anywhere. Yeah. If we are going, let's go. I want to see us. I don't want, it's not, it's not, you see, church, it's not like you came to church, you passed by, you were in church, you were, no, no, no. If it has no effect, if it does not have real effect on your life, then stop. Stop. If it's not for going somewhere tomorrow, and it's just about churching, coming and dancing and going about, no, I'm not interested. If it's not about having a better life tomorrow, having heaven in view, and how our lives will be like in heaven I don't, I'm not interested. If, the, if it's just about dancing and marking presence of coming to church, me, I prefer not to preach. But this is what, she's profitable. She's profitable. And since in her hands, she holds the distaff, the, and all that, the verse 20, she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. <sighs> Are you going to wake up? Are you going to wake up? Already the time you sleep and the time you wake up are not compatible with real life. It is incompatible with real life. The fact that you wake up by 2 a, by two p.m., 3 p.m., that's when you are awake. That's when you are brushing your teeth. You are it is incompatible. It is a life that is not livable. Anybody who is serious, who makes it, wakes up before, dawn, before this, the sun comes out. Anybody who sees. And that is why you can't pray. You cannot have a prayer life. You cannot read your Bible. Because before you wake up, everything has started already. You are even going to look for food. First thing. The food that you have not even cooked. Yeah. Some of you sit down and just send uh, Glovo. Bring it. So before you brush your teeth, it is at the door. Then you wonder why you don't have an offering. You wonder why you are broke. You wonder why you can't buy a poulet and give to somebody. Very, very disciplined. And even Sunday, just waking up to join uh, the service and be part and worship, worship your God. No. 
you'll be sleepy. You just wish we change the service to night Sunday night service. You should change it to Sunday night service. Then you'll be able to come. But I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just, I really, we have to be serious. If we are going to be meaningful in this life, if we are going to achieve all these things, it's not about raise up your hand and all that. I, I see you. Jesus says, if you are not being profitable in a little now, you will not be. And he, Jesus, he will not promote you to your next place. He will not promote you. He will not. He will not. Everything in this world to be profitable comes with pain. You have to. And, we are, and because we sleep so much, you see, lazy people dream a lot. Lazy people can dream. So you dream so much and start worrying and start dreaming about how, no, tomorrow, where's my boy? Where's my girl? And you say, oh, I want somebody to preach to me about how, you say, how, we, how I can find my boyfriend, how I can find my girlfriend, or how to come up for loneliness. It is, which, how can you be lonely if you are following this woman? How can you be lonely with this woman? Like, let's be serious. How can you be lonely with this woman if you are following these things we are talking about? May the Lord help us. And I pray that the ear that hears will really hear. If you can't make profit out of your booth now, no matter what your booth you can cut yourself and make some profit out of your booth now. Please. This is a principle. It's not about money. It's not about how much you have. No. It's a principle. It's a way of living. That if you don't have it, even if they gave you $200,000, you'll still waste it. You will still waste it if you don't have the principle of living and you have the principle of, of spending everything and begin borrowing or begin looking up to the government or looking at the uh, association of your country and start questioning him. When is the next bill coming? And all that. You happily put in the time to work out. When, work on your skills. School is just one of the skills you need. School is just one of them. And most of us are even doing works that we didn't even have to learn. I learned how to do a lot of things in church. <laughs> School didn't teach me. School didn't teach me a lot of things. So there are lots of things you will learn. School will not teach you. A lot of things. And that's what makes your life together. So if you're just waiting to just start, finish school and just go and just follow the system that has been molded for you, you're just going to be there. And you're going to be a worker. You're going to be a beggar. You keep waiting for salary before. And most workers, most workers, before, by, before the middle of the month, they're already broke. 80 to 90% of every public worker or even private worker, 80 to 90%, they are broke. Like they're broke. And there's a problem. There's a real problem. And the problem is not how much they are paid. It's a life of waste. If I come to your house and I come and check how much food is thrown away, and we start to calculate how much this food is in our system, waste of time, waste of this, waste of, waste of electricity. Just put the light on. It's just there. Whether some of us say we live at, even if you live at the city, you are creating a bad habit for yourself. One day you, you leave your own lights on. Leave the lights on. You don't need the heater. I put the heater on. You are going out of the room. The heater is on. The heater is just going. It's not, you don't pay for it. And some of you are in even apartment, you are paying for it and you still leave the heater on. You are boiling water 
The water can boil. It was full. The water can get to almost. The water is almost finished. Then you start again. Waste, 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 waste. Just waste. Just waste. Don't you know it's money? It's money. It's time. It's energy, effort. Too wasteful. Too wasteful. Father, help us. Father, we just thank you. We bless you, Father. Help us. Help us with these things. We just, the cracks, you know, the places, you know how we are supposed to really live our lives in a way that will be pleasing to you. Amen. God bless you. We believe you have been blessed by today's message. Connect with Pastor Elliot Slamte on our Facebook page, Family of Champions International Ministries, and join our service live each and every Sunday on Facebook. Now we commit you to God and the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Stay blessed.